true master of disguise is able to use their environment to their advantage. Just like a Cold War era Russian spy, you need to blend in with the locals if you want to avoid suspicion. The spider decorator crab always tries to keep up with the Joneses when it rolls up to a new neighborhood. When there are a lot of hungry fish in the sea, it helps to blend in with the everyman and be a crusty crab, like the best of them here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar, thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a crustacean that appears as if it comes pre-deep fried. But more on that later. Oh, I was going to mention that too. It's like, oh, this, this kind of looks tasty. I mentioned it twice. Um, if you normally listen on Google Podcasts, you will find that you cannot listen to our episodes. So we have an HTTP website because we live in the Stone Ages and it's expensive to upgrade. Um, and uh, Google has decided that our feed should be HTTPS. So it's our normal feed with a little added S and that has ruined everything. So... Thank you to listener Sam, Samantha. Uh, she pointed out, like, she she usually, she listens to all her podcasts on Google Podcasts. Uh, and, she, and all of a sudden, like, uh, she can see our podcast, but when she tries to play it, there's a red exclamation park, uh, mark in an error message. So she downloaded a second podcast app just for us. Isn't that great? Isn't that so nice? That is nice. It would be great if she didn't have to do that. So I um, I sent a message to Google, the like Google podcast help, and I or I, I sent in a um, I try I changed it, I altered it, and they and it takes like a few days to like kick in. So I'll check back. Um, hopefully that will fix it. Send a message to Google at gmail.com. Yeah. But if you are experiencing that, you can listen to uh, listen to us on the website, ldtaxonomy.com, or YouTube, or anywhere else, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, po- Pocket Casts. A lot of you are on Pocket Casts. Uh, Over, mm-hmm. Overcast, that's another good one. Uh, but yeah, if you, <coughs> if you are like Sam and you've downloaded another podcast app just for us, you are the real deal. You are the goat. We appreciate you. Thank you we for did. going through the extra step to deal with how low security our website is, apparently, <laughs> that Google thinks. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the... We're talking about this, the uh, 
Spider Decorator Crab. Although that's not my favorite of the names they have. No, no. It's got other names like the Velcro Crab. That's I like that one. You don't like the Harlequin Crab? That's also fun. But Velcro is very unique. It's like a Harlequin Crab is like there, there's so much, so, so many roads that could go. So many, so many paths untrodden. What does that mean? <laughs> um, uh, it's also, we're going to call it here the Krusty Crab and Puffin Stuff. Love it. Because Puffin like you said, stuff. it looks like you could just, it looks like it comes pre-deep fried. You could just rip off one of those legs and suck out the juicy crab meat. Popcorn crab. I've actually only had crab once, and it was not like that. It was just crab bisque. So uh, I've never had, like, pull off the legs and eat them crab. It's been several cycles since I've had some popcorn shrimp. Many moons. Oh, popcorn shrimp. I've had shrimp quite a bit, but not crab. Crab, I'm not. Crab kind of sucks. Really? I liked the what I did I what I did have. I don't like crab. I don't like lobster. That's bug meat. That's just a vessel for butter. Now, how is a shrimp not a not bug meat? It is bug meat, but it's it so has much flavor. more bug. Honestly, it's bug meat that's a vessel for fry. Uh, <laughs> but they, there's a flavor to shrimp that I like. There's a flavor to even scallops that I like. But on a good day, crab is almost flavorless. Really. I mean, I like shrimp a lot. Uh, I, I've never had, I've actually never had fried shrimp. All the shrimp that I've had are like garlic or they're part of like, uh, like an Alfredo sauce. That's great. Um, or I did have a crab scampi. cake. I did have a scampi strong, strong option, underrated option. Actually, I think that's pretty highly rated, but, um, yeah, I, think I had people it, like shrimp scampi. I had crab cakes in Maryland which is like what they are known for. And they, they was pretty delish. Pretty delish. So I'll give them that. Um, do you have a game about a game about this? Or do you want to hear what it... Actually, first, do you want to hear what they call it in the science world? That is right. That's what I want to hear. Give me some science. Play uh, it on it's, me. it's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. It's in mm-hmm. the phylum. Arthropoda, no spines here. Class... Malacostraca. That's that's a, a, a ton of crustaceans. Yeah, it sounds um, evil. Very evil. Like evil yeah, crabs. That sounds like the evil deity of crabs would be called Malacostraca. It sounds like, like that's what... Uh, th- on one side... shiny. In, in, in one ocean, you have the squid god Cthulhu, and in the other ocean, you have the crab god Malacostraca, and he's just an ancient sleeping force of evil that we're just, if he woke up, we just be, we just hope he doesn't notice us as humans. <laughs> um, the order is Decapoda. Ten I'm feet. A Decapod. Best um, song ever. The super family. Not, That's the Incredibles. It's not the Pars. How, <laughs> have we have we we yeah, made we've that joke that. before? Okay, okay, we've done that. Uh, Majoide, Majoide, Mohoidie. I think Mahoidie? I last time we did a crab. Uh, Mohoidie. 
mateys? Majoidia. That's what they say in the, the robot says, but I don't know if the robot's built for pronunciations. Um, the family is Inakidae? Inakidae? I'd say Inakidae. Inakidae? Uh, the genus is Camposica. Camposia. Camposia, yeah. There's no vowel between the S and the C. Camposia. Uh, and the species with a binomial name? The binomial name is Camposia retusa. Not bad. Nice, nice. Not bad. So, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for uh, one of my favorite part of the parts of the show, nitty-gritty nomenclature. I looked down the pipeline of animals that we're doing, and I'm like, we are doing more than one crab, which means I do not want to waste the um, only other term of venery that we haven't done for crabs on... This one, if I can fi- if I can find out what the nomenclature is, sometimes I just can't, um, and so it's like, okay, I'm glad there's a term of venery, but this is the safe option. So, Camposia retusa. What does that mean in English, Joe? Doesn't mean a round shadow track. B, blunt dark field. C, brown camp, or D, circular campus. <laughs> Give me the first two again. Round shadow track and blunt dark field, which is definitely my next D&D character's name. I'm going with a round shadow cat or whatever you said. <laughs> shadow <laughs> track. That sounded fun. <laughs> the next uh, sonic villain uh is that your final answer yeah that is incorrect the answer was b blunt dark Man. field neither, neither of the two second one the, the the two the second half of those was sparking joy and it was between the first two so that's a tough loss it's almost like fau's uh loss against san diego that just I'm, recently occurred. You can't you can't see what I'm doing right now, but I am definitely tearing my clothes in grief. <laughs> sackcloth and ashes. Where where is my bag of sackcloth? Um There, I have it on. It, it, I is it just it's just appropriate for mourning. Um <laughs> Yeah, Blunt Darkfield, which again, I thought would be a, that would be a cool name for an adventurer in D&D. Like my name is Blunt Darkfield. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like a Star Wars name. Blunt. I don't. I don't think know you about blunt, with... but 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 Darkfield. <laughs> uh, maybe Blun. Blun Darkfield. Yeah. There we go. Take the T out, and then people won't make fun of you. Um, yeah. So Retusa means blunt, and then Campo means field, like campus, and then uh, the Sia. Uh, suffix means dark. So Camposia is a dark field. And then Retusa is blunt. Which I don't really see where they're coming from with this, but whatever. (laughs) Well, would you like to have it described? Sure, 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 sure. 
Uh, well, the spider crab, the Velcro crab, is shaped kind of like a spider in that their bodies are small and round while uh, sat at the center of a long, splayed-out profile of legs. So uh, as opposed to a, you know, other kinds of crabs with a big body and, like, legs, like, chittering alongside it. It's almost like the daddy long legs of crabs. Not quite, because that would go to, like, the biggest... What's the big crab in the Japan? The Japanese spider crab. That's, like, eight feet long or something like that. Yeah, that's definitely the most the daddy long legs of crabs. Yeah. Um, they look deep fried in color and shape, which is why I said they look like they come pretty deep fried. Uh, they come in gray, tan, brown, reddish brown, in a variety of other colors. More on that later, and why that later. Um, I you know yeah I don't want to say I don't want to give away stuff. Their shells are tear shaped. Teardrop shaped, although they look round to me, but they're, I'm told they're teardrop shaped. Um, but that brings me to their size and dimensions in relatable terms. Welcome to the beloved measure up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, saying, or chittering the words measure up into LD tax ldtaxonomy at gmail.com we don't have a new measure we do have a new measure up intro this week yes Man, i'm so used to saying we don't um but melissa sent in two so we got one more to go i knew it from melissa i remembered it from last week um last time we got a very elegant measure up from melissa let's see what we have in store this week without further ado the listener's favorite part of the show. How about another for good measure? Let's hear it. Get it? Yeah. For good measure? Ah, the other first one was <laughs> elegant. This one is witty. It is, yeah. Elegant There's, a, there's a two high-class qualities, elegant and witty. That's a deadly combination. That's how you survive in, the, in like, you know, those air, uh, aristocratic circles. You got to be both. I'm pretty sure those are the two two of the principles from how to win friends and influence people. Be elegant and witty. <laughs> <laughs> There's in, in chapters devoted entirely to those two things. I think that's Jor- Jordan Peterson's one of his t- twelve rules for <laughs> rules life. Of life is be elegant. It's make your bed, be elegant, be witty. That's this sounds like a spinoff from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> be elegant to each other. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa, for your wit and your elegance and for putting the team on your back. Um, Thank you. uh, Let's talk shell size. Uh, Marcel the shell is about three centimeters with shoes on. Marcel the shell. Uh, How many crab shells go into the width of the world's largest kidney stone? Oh, and it's don't widest make me diameter. Think about that. <sighs> Here's a hint. Kidney stones are formed from chemicals in urine and form in, guess where? The kidney. Uh, 
the largest one ever occurred in India in 2004. When they reach a certain size, they cannot be passed and they may be dangerous with uh, causing blockages in important tubes in your body. Uh, they can be broken up by shock waves, which is very cool. But if they're big enough, they have to be removed. Um, I imagine if they're big enough, you don't want to break them up with shock waves because then you're just having to pass a lot of small ones. Yeah, that sounds not. That sounds cool, and also the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, I want like one that's a little too big to be broken up into like two pieces. Put me under and cut it out of my kidneys, please. (laughs) Uh, This particular one obviously needed to be removed in surgery. Yeah. Um, Goodness, I just went to. I just had a urologist appointment because I had kidney surgery as an as an infant, and I was just. Checking up, just like, oh, let's make sure that this 30-year-old surgery is uh, holding up back there. Uh, and while I was waiting, I was <laughs> reading some of their uh, some of their literature on the kidney stones. And I was like, my life warrants a diet change. <laughs> <laughs> well, Actually, like, apparently... If you drink a lot like, of water, yeah. um, you should be fine. Kidney stones, like, there are certain things that increases your risk, but they happen pretty randomly. So it's like really scary because if you have one, it's like one of the worst pain ever. And uh, there's not a lot you can do to stop it from happening again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can definitely increase your chances of getting it. But it, but I'm, I'm, I'm there on my phone after reading that pamphlet going like, how do I structure my life in a way that, compl- that mitigates this as much as possible? Yeah. Do I need to move? to a to a different climate because i'll do it i swear did i ever Um, tell you that we were one time i was in on a missions trip in jamaica and we flew into kingston and we met a guy who was the father of one of the missionaries that was staying at the at the um like mission organization long term Uh so he was there visiting his son and he was just tagging along with us. We didn't know him at all, um, but he was a nice guy. But so we're, we're we you, you fly we flew into the coast, um, and we took a, a bus to the center of the island by the mountains. And this is a content like a for if you're not used to island driving, it is a it is a a harrowing adventure if you're, not you're on like single third world driving. Single lane roads through the mountains with two lanes of traffic uh, in a bus. And there's dogs and cats flying around the place as well. Anyway, halfway, like not halfway, like a quarter of the way in to this journey, which is like a few hours long. He starts having some of the worst pain ever to the point of like crying out in pain in his like thinking like, this my appendix might be bursting um mm. and so like he were in a, a really like bumpy ride through the mountains with a man who he's like crying out in pain and then just being like it, don't worry it's okay i'm okay <laughs> like he's he's like very calm cool and collected but also cannot stop you know the pain from seizing him every once in a while and eventually we that we get there and he gets checked out by a doctor and it turns out it was kidney stones. But like 
Kenny stones for an hour on a bumpy ride. What a what a poor poor man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's uh not much worse that I can I can think <laughs> of that befalls like people naturally like that. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess you could like be about to give birth on a situation like that, but at least you knew that was coming. And at least at you, the end, you get a baby. <laughs> yeah, instead of a stone. Instead of a disgusting pea-covered stone. <laughs> Pea and blood. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, I don't want to think about this anymore. It's horrible. Um, so let's guess something. Goodness, this is a four-inch crab. And this goes into the largest kidney stone. Three centimeters? No, three centimeters? Oh, I saw ten. Sorry, I saw something else. It's the That's the legs. We're going to talk about that. Okay, so three centimeters... We're just talking shell here. ...is about one inch. Oh, goodness. The diameter of this thing? Mm-hmm. Gosh, your kidneys aren't that big. No, they're um, quite small. I'll go with I'll go with four inches actually. So I'll say four. Four crabs, final answer. Yes. The correct answer was four point ah. three. <laughs> the stone was thirteen centimeters or five eleven inches. Five point eleven inches. Well, I got that. I got the measurements really wrong, but I got the. It's because of the centimeter to inch thing I was guesstimating on. Goodness, that's a situation where it's like, cut this out of me or kill me. <laughs> like, you know how, how. Oh my gosh. So a kidney is 10 to 14 centimeters long. Yeah. And about to... five centimeters wide. So this was the kidney. His kidney was just a stone. I know they can expand, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. Poor man. Why? Uh, Why are you thinking of... What does this have to do with the animal? It's a stone. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they live among stones. Uh... Let's talk leg length. The length of their legs is about 10 centimeters. So how many crab legs go into the distance between the sun and Beta Canceri? Oh my gosh, we're doing this again. <laughs> Here's a hint. Beta Can... I don't know if it's Canceri or Cancri. Looks like Cancri. I'm going to go ahead I know and just it's close like... my calculator app because that's, <laughs> that's not something that... Ma this is, math is not going to save me now. Um, Beta Can Cree is the brightest star in the Cancer constellation. It's uh, 50 times larger than the sun. That's what they sh should have called that constellation is Malacostraca. Why are they calling it Cancer? It's a Don't giant know. crab. Yeah. Based on a certain way you could connect those dots. Crab is like the Latin word. The Cancer is a Latin word for crab. Yeah, but it doesn't sound cool. No. They should have thought about that when they were inventing Latin. Um, all right, wait. Um, so this is... 
we'll say 100 light years. That sounds like a um, a unit of distance, uh, despite what George Lucas might have thought back in the 70s. Um, oh, wait, I have my calculator app out again. What am I doing? Force of habit. This is not going to help. Um, the answer is... One hundred septillion. We'll go with that. That's final answer. Yeah, one hundred septillion. Just all the zeros behind it. I did it wrong. (laughs) See, you had to do the math. I'm just gonna guess. I've freed myself Uh, from the shackles of your uh, of your prison measure up prison. Uh. Half barrel hinges. Final answer? Yes. 100 septillion. The correct answer is 27 quintillion crab legs. Gosh, that well, that, that star's so close you could touch it. The star is uh, 290 light years away. Pretty close by cosmic standards. Wow. Well, yeah. I just took 100 light years and then I was just like, what's a lot of zeros I could add on that? Septillion <laughs> sounds like a lot. I put quadril- uh, quadrillion, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's too close. Quintillion. Five. The fives. Place. Um, would you like to hear some fast facts before we get into the major fact? Sure. The Velcro crab lives in the tropical waters of the Pacific Ocean throughout the waters of Oceania. They also go as far west as the coast of Africa in the Red Sea. Uh, they enjoy coral reefs, like a lot of crabs do. Um, they like coral rubble, which is like, I guess, the uglier part of the reef. <laughs> like, what's coral rubble? Just rocks. Uh, yeah, that's the part that, if you if you stray too far away from the snorkel tour location... Then you're just like, hey, how come everything's not so like colorful and nice anymore? You're at the coral rubble part of it. That's what's that's yeah. what's up. They also won't turn their noses that don't exist up against some seagrass. They like some seagrass. Uh, they eat small creatures. I read. <laughs> you couldn't be more vague, <laughs> but they eat small creatures. Uh, but they also mostly are their um, ocean cleaners, dead organisms, decaying ocean debris. Uh, that's what they'll. That's what they'll feast upon. Detritus. 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 I say that a lot, so I, I specifically in- intended not to say that this time. Oh really? But, but it is fun to say. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with detritus? Just word choice variation. There, but uh, it's the it. This is a situation where there isn't a better word for it. True. It's true, just, true, true. it's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, but that's all I got. I'm going to let you take it away with the big fact. The big fact. Big with boy lots fact. Lots and lots of room. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I won't get into it. That's, that's, that's a rabbit trail for a different time. <laughs> um, all right. So, 
Oh, I didn't name this one. I keep forgetting that we started doing that. We're going to name this... Uh, Pistachio Disguise. I don't know. I don't have anything else. Um, so, we've talked about the boxing crab. Not too long ago. But also not too recently ago. Um, if you missed that, it's super cool. Check it out. But what if... What if you're a crab, but you're a lover, not a fighter? <laughs> what if you want to Peter Malark your way through this hunger game called Life at the Bottom of the Sea, and you want to do it in style? So we've talked about many different kinds of camouflage. It's one of the coolest things that animals do, and they do it in lots of different ways. Some animals just passively look like things in their environment, like a stick bug or a thorn bug. Some actively change their colors like a mimic octopus some act like they're trying to some act like the things they're trying to emulate also like the mimic octopus you should listen to all these episodes by the way um but uh some decide to bring their disguise with them because what better way to blend into the environment than to just stick the environment to your carapace that's rule number one uh so deco decorator crabs have a tendency to play dress up using whatever they find lying around. Specifically, they actually try to blend in with the local populace. So what they'll do is they'll take decorator crabs from different locations and and introduce them into other communities of decorator crabs and see what they do. So if everyone in the neighborhood is wearing shells, you wear shells. If everyone's wearing feather stars, you wear feather stars. If everyone's wearing hydrozoans, you wear hydrozoans. If everyone's wearing Crocs and socks, wear something else to heck with the consequences. <laughs> it's not worth it. Good, It's just good fashion sense. But for everything else, you know, you want to blend in. But they don't just... To, to do this, they don't just nestle in to some seaweed or coral and hope that it sticks. They actually intentionally, they're very intentional about this. So they'll actually pick up items and they'll rub them onto their shell and their legs and their arms uh, or their claws uh, until it sticks. And so there's certain seaweeds that have Velcro-like qualities, which is why we call it the Velcro crab. Um, and these naturally... Uh, will cling to the the bumpy crabs, the crabs' bumpy carapace. Um, but they also engage in something called uh, aposematism. Aposematism, yes. Um, or no, aposematism. Aposematism. There we go. Uh, that is the behavior of an animal to give off. Um, colors or uh like obvious signals like that hey don't eat me you're not gonna have a good time like a poison dart frog well in this case um the crab will find things that already say don't eat me like anemones and things like that and then stick those to itself so you know it kind of gains those properties and by proxy it's kind of grandfathered into the don't eat me category of undersea living which is i mean the way to go i guess um so it's more of a passive defense where 
uh, the boxing crab does not use it passively. They're more like gloves fit for a war criminal in that case. Um, but in this case, it's like, hey, you know, I think you're pretty neat, but I respect your distance. But they also supplement their disguises uh, by spending a lot of time remaining completely still and also freezing when predators are around. So they're they're all about just like a, hey, don't don't look at me. Don't eat me. Look away. Get that Chicago song stuck in my head. Look away. Hey. Um, if they change locations to a different area with a different set of crabs or they are cleaned, they will immediately start adorning themselves with new uh, drip, which is the way the kids calling clothes these days. <laughs> it's drip. Um, so... They're, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting that they're they're uh, so intentional about this. So when you actually look at these guys, that's why they look pre-deep fried. Like, uh, <laughs> like, in future, like Fry's uh, Bavarian cream hot dog that's self-microwaving. It's just like you just pull the leg off, it's already fried. You just press a button. Um, but it's actually not deep fried. It's it's actually it's covered in, in clinging seaweed. Um and uh, it was described in the 40s uh, by a, uh, a naturalist that was comparing it to the way that Australian Aborigines uh, would use water lilies. Uh, they would put the water lilies over their face and then swim up to birds to catch them before they could realize that the water lily was not all what uh, it seemed to be. Um, which is interesting that he would do this because since then they've kind of realized that uh, they don't use it all that much for like ambush hunting. Um, it is much more of a defense mechanism than it is like a uh, like predator kind of camouflage because they eat detritus like you said um they also eat i guess small critters but um they have not had a lot of there hasn't been a lot of uh evidence that they use it for hunting so take that hugh bramford caught in your uh ob observation of animals in the ocean <laughs> um but yeah that is that, that's all i got it's a crab that that shows up to a neighborhood full of other crabs and said oh my gosh everybody here is wearing hydrozoans time for me to find some hydrozoans and rub them all over my all over my shell until it sticks to my body and i look like everyone else this is the opposite of that of that coming of age disney movie where you just learn you learn how to live with being different no, this is this is be like everyone else. You're safer that way. So they would interpret uh they would interpret uh, the head coverings passage to say it's about cultural uh being dressing appropriate for the culture that you're in rather than a literal head coverings argument. Oh boy, do I not want to get into a head coverings <laughs> conversation. 
<laughs> without just mountains of context and somebody who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but sure. Um, that's why I always wear a 10-gallon hat to church. Well, you're... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is because I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, that was the... That's the crusty Crab. That's the Velcro Crab. That's the Harlequin Crab. That's the Spider Decorator Crab for you out there in podcasting. Follow the latest fashion trends. Blend in with the neighbors. And cover your chitinous carapace with whatever junk you can find, like the spider decorator crap here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Ha, 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 ha.